How's it going guys and welcome back to Beyond the Arc and the playoffs are now officially underway. They were when the uh, the last episode got released but uh, to the, when when we recorded it we were just a, just a little bit before it started but mm. playoff basketball has now started and just a, just a quick a quick check in. How, how are we liking the playoffs so far, Sully? I'm enjoying it, man. I'm loving it. I can't lie. The only game I didn't enjoy was the one me and you were constantly hitting each other during the game. The Chicago Bucks game was very underwhelming, I can't lie. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like that kind of stays in with what Milwaukee does in game ones. Yeah. But that's the thing. I wasn't too surprised. I was... I was... I feel like you guys could have won that game, which is kind of what annoys me. Yeah. But o- overall, the playoffs have been sick so far, especially Boston Nets game one. That game, and we were both hitting each other about that one. Wow. What an ending, man. I was hyped. I was hyped. Yeah, I mean, even even not as a Boston fan, you can't help but feel a little bit a little bit yeah, hyped for JT because that yeah. was just sick what he did. And it's been... Six so far, like every game has just been serving it up, mm-hmm. and I'm just it's just like the start of a good playoff series, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, we will get on to talk about uh, those two series and every other series that's been going on so far in a little bit more depth. But before we get on to that, make sure you subscribed to the uh, the YouTube, you're liking the video, you're commenting on that kind of stuff, make sure that you're sharing it out on uh if you're listening no matter what you're listening on whether it be youtube or any other podcast platform um make sure you're following us on social medias most especially our tiktok yeah plug um, that because i've been posting a little bit more on that recently uh bta.podcast uh make sure just checking it out uh little snippets of what's been going on in each episode pretty much and yeah if we keep pushing that then hopefully more success will come to the podcast you never know you never know but anyway i think yeah we just without further ado we should we should just get straight into it and i should should we just should we start with brooklyn boston let's do it man like because i've genuinely ever since that first game i've been thinking of what we could say about it on the podcast and all that's been in my head has been just me asking you could this have the potential to be one of the greatest series in the history of the NBA playoffs. In the history? Ooh. Like, not even just first round. Not in, like, the last so many we're years. We're talking all series. We're talking, we're talking like, forever. You know, we're talking back in the MJ days. We're talking up, up till the LeBron against uh, the Warriors. I don't know. That's like, it. it's not like it was one-sided in a comeback. It was tight. Throughout the whole it game, was. Boston pulled it away a little was. bit in the third. Brooklyn ended up bringing it out back in the uh, in the fourth. Kyrie Irving did bits, literally, and then well, it just ended with the perfect, the perfect, perfect game winner ending. from uh, from Jason Tatum. For real, I mean, we're gonna have to see how it plays out. I feel like that's one of the things you can call, you can only call like that at the end of the series. But if it's going to play out the way we saw, it's definitely going seven games. Yeah, I was going to say, do do we reckon that game one is going to be a snippet of what's to come throughout? I I, I feel 100%. 100%. But also, so I feel like Nets are such a weird one because this is the thing. On the podcast on here, when we did the predictions, I predicted Nets. Then when I did my NBA bracket, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go Celtics. <laughs> and I still am undecided. Was, was this before or after? This uh, is after. NBA. I just changed my mind. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go Celtics in seven. That's why I put my NBA bracket. But I don't know. I'm Because KD, he didn't turn up in game one. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. He, didn't, he, he was good, but he wasn't KD. Game two, if he's KD, they're not, they're not losing again. And do you know what? I, it, it's a weird one. But at the same time, KD's not going to have four good games in a row because he's not a Superman. 
just like how Kyrie might, you know, next game might not be amazing or the game after. So I think I feel like it will definitely serve up seven games. But I genuinely can't call it. From here, I can't call it. Yeah, I mean, you are talking about a lot of variables in this. You know, Boston had three people in 20 points last night. Uh, not last night, yeah. in game one. Um, Brooklyn, obviously. KD, like you said, didn't have a good game, but Kyrie did. Kyrie had an amazing game. Um, I personally... When I when I asked you that question, I was just waiting to see what your reaction would be. I don't think it'll be more of the same. I do think it might go seven, but I think mm. the games won't be as close as it is because, like you said, KD isn't shooting nine or twenty four, yeah, at all throughout the rest of the series. But say, saying that, if Boston pull up with the same defense as they did in game one, there's potential, they... there's potential that it could happen. I just want I just want all the four games in Boston to happen because let's be honest, Kyrie's reaction. Let's talk about Kyrie's reaction to the Boston crowd. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of videos, I've seen loads of things, I've seen um post game reactions and um interviews and everything and all I've gotta say is Kyrie responded in terms of on the court the best way. Mm-hmm. You can possibly respond to a hostile crowd. Yeah, I'm going to say course, you, do, you do stuff like yeah. you do stuff like that. You usually are going to get clowned if you lose. But I don't think people have been clowning him. I think because of what he did, you know, he put thirty yeah, points. The guy, yeah, he dominated that fourth quarter. I think was, a lot of people are. He was amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. Five minutes into the fourth quarter, I think he had sixteen points, which is absolutely unbelievable. Like, um, I genuinely think. If this Kyrie that's playing right now turns up, Nets are going to be a problem, mm-hmm. a big problem. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, like I said in the last episode, and we've reiterated this before, it doesn't always take a full strong team to take you far. We've seen like Le- LeBron and Kyrie carry an okay Cleveland team to a chip. It could literally just be a Kyrie-LeBron too, except it's KD. Who, I mean, if he wants to, can drop forty against the Celtics tonight, and it's it could it could be that way. Like, but I mean, the best series ever. We'll have to see. I I hope so. I hope it's. I feel like it's get, definitely going to be a classic series. Yeah, definitely. If if it plays out the way it is, it's definitely going to turn out to be a classic series, and I'm excited. I'm really excited, but. Kyrie Irving one, yeah. I mean, fi- final thing before we uh, before we move on from this. Um, well, final final two things. Let's say, um, do we think that Kyrie reacted uh, in a in a good way? Do we do we do we kind of not agree with, but kind of like respect how Kyrie handled the situation, or do we think he could have not flipped off everybody in the TD Garden? <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I, to be honest. It was funny to see, but I can't lie. If they're giving you heat for the whole game, it's gonna get to you. I think you can. Anyone can sit here and I can sit here right now and say, "Oh no, Kyrie shouldn't have done that. That was wrong." But it's gonna get to you mm-hmm. if you're in that position. If I'm in that position, it's gonna get to you. And I, it, I mean, he he could have done thing much worse than just flip him off. He could have. It could have been malice in the palace part two, <laughs> Boston edition, if he really wanted it to be. But he didn't. So I think, I can't lie, I rate it. And I, I say, I mean, what else did you want him to do? He yeah, was fair. not just going to take it. Yeah, he was fair. never just going to take it. And then, finally, game two is tonight. Do mm. we think that Boston take a 2 or lead into Brooklyn? Or... No. 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 No, I think this is Nets. This is a Nets game. Because I think the minute it becomes 2-0, to Celtics, if that was to happen tonight, then I think Celtics are definitely taking the series. Even though I know 2 0 isn't definitive, I just think, especially in the early rounds, and obviously this is round one of the playoffs, I think that's kind of a thing that deflates a team, especially when they're playing in a team which, except from Kyrie and KD, obviously you got Blake who's got a lot of experience. None of the guys are really with deep experience like that like you've got people like Seth Curry and Andre Drummond who are just I don't want to say average but they're just okay NBA players they don't really have the you know the mentality that these 
these guys have because they've been doing this year in, year out. So I think if it becomes 2-0 tonight, yeah, I'm going to say the Celtics are taking it. But I don't think that's happening. I think tonight KD is not shooting like last game. He's pulling up. It's going to be a nice net win today. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, My personal opinion is similar. I think KD is mm. going to have a good game. I think, I just think they're going to end up taking over again in the fourth, and this time they're going to hold on to the lead, potentially. Yeah, I agree. Atlanta-Miami has been a, a series that has been a lot less close, a lot less close, a lot more one-sided. Yeah. The first game you can potentially... um kind of give, give that to Miami you know Atlanta were tired from the play mm. and you could say Miami kind of capitalized on that Trey Young probably had one of his worst performances in the history Dude of the had NBA like nine points or something yeah shot eight percent from uh, the field yeah pr- pr- pretty dead um the second game a little bit more competitive Trey had a big comeback game um mm. but Jimmy G buckets Jimmy G and- and the G stands for gets, and by gets he ended up finishing with forty-five points. Dude, I, I always underestimate the um, the Heat. I've always done it so far this season. But let's be honest: when you have Jimmy Butler on your team, you can't underestimate that team, can you? Hundred percent. Because Jimmy in playoff mode as well is, he's a he's a raw dog, because we've seen him do it plenty of times. We saw. Miami get to the final of the bubble playoffs and Jimmy Butler was, aside from Tyler Hero, was literally in the centre of all of that just being just next level. Mm-hmm. And he's always been that guy since Chicago. He's always been that guy like to just turn up in big games. Mm-hmm. And then when later on in his career when he was doing playoff after playoff, the guy's just been next level. And I think this is, like you said, I think some people forget how they sleep on him, including us. But damn, we ain't sleep, we can't sleep on him anymore. 45 no. last night. Yeah. And he ain't, he ain't going to slow down. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. Like, usually when a team goes up 2-0 and they're the first seed and they've won both games by 10 plus points, you're usually mm. looking at that thinking they're going to easily get the job done. Game three, yeah. game four. A sweep's coming. But... You see on social media, you see people saying all over the place. I like I, people aren't people still aren't betting against Atlanta to come and turn this round. I mean, it'd be tough for them now, man. It'd be very tough for them now. And yeah. I don't see it happening. I don't see Atlanta pulling it back. But a lot of people have believed because of the fact that not a lot of people rate Miami. Like like me and you, we didn't really rate them in the regular season, but a lot of things that a lot of people are forgetting, it's not the regular season anymore. The regular season goes out the window when it comes to the playoffs, in my opinion. And I think Atlanta just won't be able to hack it. They've got Jimmy, who's going to be an animal. Sixth man of the year, potentially. And I think the tired out Atlanta... They're just not gonna. They don't have enough against Miami. They're already too or down. I think I don't. Maybe not a sweep. You know, Atlanta might pick up a win here or there, but I don't. I don't think it's. I think they're going out round one. Yeah, I mean, I still think they're gonna. But my point is that people are saying that yeah. they could still have it in them to maybe mm-hmm. push Miami a little bit further than what usually you would think. Yeah. Too a lot. A lot of people like. A lot of people really like Atlanta, though. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's just where the belief stems from. Like, a lot of people just enjoy them and like them, and a lot of people don't like Miami. But I mean, who knows? So be... you, you don't see them being swept. I don't either, if I'm honest with you. I don't see them being swept, but I don't see Atlanta pulling it back. Okay, if I'm being honest. One team who I do get. One, I'll say, man, one team who I do see getting swept, and it's a team that I actually predicted would progress through, and that's Toronto against the Sixers. I, yeah. 
I said that I I said that Toronto could be a dark horse. I said I said they might be able to take one of the, one of the games, but dread from it, run from it. Embiid and Harden flopping in the playoffs still arrives. Um, <laughs> it's is it getting a little bit? Is it getting a little bit annoying? You know, Embiid last night was it last night game two? Embiid had more free throws than the Toronto Raptors combined. Yeah, it was mad. I, I mean, I watched. So I watched uh, the game one, and I mean, it was kind of crazy. Like just seeing the way that they're playing, and although the Seventy Six are a good team, literally, like you say, they they're flopping around all over the place, and it's mad, especially Harden. Um, but at the same time. They they're locking up that Toronto team mm-hmm. nicely. They're locking them up, mm-hmm. and except from like the only person I I saw who was like kind of hot that game was Pascal Siakam, which isn't really a surprise. But I mean, the Seventy Sixers they just they've always had that way, uh, uh, especially like James Harden previously. But now if you bring Harden into that team, they're gonna get. They're gonna break the free throw record for the playoffs, like, and I won't be surprised. But I, you weren't the only person who thought Toronto would be like a dark horse. I saw a lot of people like on TikTok and Twitter and everything agreeing with what you're saying, and I think everyone's starting to change their mind now. To be honest, like mm-hmm. a, a sweep. I don't know. I mean, they're going to Toronto now next two games, so. I mean, yeah. the sweep might not be on, but I mean, I yeah, don't who know. Knows? Who knows? Um, Scotty Barnes' game one injury. Do mm. we reckon that's an accident from Embiid, or do we think that's a little bit of foul play in there? I, I mean, I saw that, and I, I don't think it was um, on purpose. To be honest, it didn't look, it didn't look like. He was trying to hurt him. It, it looked quite accidental, in my opinion. I know some people have had different opinions. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely thought it was just like an Being, accident. I'm going to say, I'm, I don't like Embiid as much as the next guy. And yeah, I don't think it was wholly on purpose. I mean, I think yeah. people people that say that it was are probably just a bit blinded by the fact that they just don't like Embiid. But yeah, because some fine. people do not like him. No. And I mean... You've got it, to feel, it, for, it, not it, feel it, for Scotty though. He's had a great rookie season. Hundred percent. You know, he's one 100%. of the main, one of the main pieces in this in this Toronto team, and it 100%. seems like he's gonna it does seem like he's gonna be out for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, well, and it is quite upsetting to see things like that. Yeah. Like, because you would think that, like, he would be a difference, especially with the way he's been playing this year. He's been amazing, potentially rookie of the year, um, and it is quite sad to see because like that, it looks like he's out for the series. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna rush him back in the yeah. series. That then, unless they claw him back and they make it two two, yeah, I maybe even three two. Then I feel like they might bring him back to try and like you know, clutch it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It looked it looked a bit too much to, um, for to come back anytime soon. To be honest, yeah, definitely. And then just fi- finally for this one, yes. James Harden and Joel Embiid might be your main players for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, mm. but Tyrese Maxey, oh, I always damn. like. We're going to talk about most improved players um, later on, and I think you know we're going to talk about who's been snubbed from that. And I think Tyrese Maxey could be too. I mean, the fact the that guy's, he, the guy's been amazing. I think in the, the only reason the only reason it's stopping him um, potentially is because it's the second year. Nobody really gets most improved player in their second year. Mm. Out after their rookie year because you know you're supposed to improve, but yeah, hundred percent. I feel like he's been doing the business throughout the season. He he's and he obviously dropped thirty eight in the first game. He can be called yeah. on to take the scoring load if Harden ain't hundred percent. And he was he was great in that game. He really was. He was amazing. And I think, especially when you're in a team full of two big names, is hard to be seen. Yeah. Until it's the big stage, like the playoffs, and then everyone's like, "Whoa, this, this guy!" guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's how Tyler Hero got got his um, exactly got his exactly. props. So you know, and then maybe Tyrese Maxey is going to be one of the same. It, it, I mean, it could be because now 
no people aren't really going to forget him going into next season. You know, mm-hmm. next season when we're talking about Philly, wherever they are, if they're holding a chip or holding mm-hmm. a final zell or whatever, mm-hmm. people are going to say, well, if there's one guy that can bring them back, it's, it's you know, Tyrese Maxley. And he, he's a good player, to be honest. I, I, was, I was really impressed by the way he just turned up. And yeah. I'm I'm going to be looking forward to seeing him continue in the series as well. Yeah. I'm going to see if he can keep that up or if it was just like a one game. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Do you reckon that Toronto are going to get swept? No. I think it's going to be... I think they're going to lose the series. But it'd be by probably five. Fair. Maybe okay. six. Fair. Okay. And then finally in the East... Uh... The only other game in the playoffs that was only have one game played, and that was the Bucks Bulls. Uh, like like yeah. we said, like we talked about before, a very underwhelming game, but a game yeah. where defense kind of won. Defense and everybody but Giannis not shooting well, pretty much. Um, it was it's just like Demar Derozan. Is he ever going to shake this? Can't do it in the playoffs. Ducked. He went six of twenty five in the first. Yeah, it was, in the first it game. Was... It was tough, man. It was tough seeing that, to be honest. Yeah. As a fan of DeMar DeRozan, it was tough to see that because I, I thought he would have. This would be the the year that he shakes it, and I hope it was just a game one blunder, and you know, like yeah. maybe the fear, or like nerves or whatever. First team, um, playoffs. I hope he can shake it. I really do because I'm I'm waiting for him to turn up in the the playoffs and like I said I thought this year was the year and if he was shooting that night you guys were taking that game by far you were taking that game mm-hmm. but it he was he was unlucky yeah and it was it was tough to see but hopefully hopefully he can bring it back no yeah definitely me too I mean as a Chicago fan and I was just a yeah. fan of a competitive series because if he doesn't we know how Milwaukee treat every game other than game one they're gonna come out there, you know. Chris Middleton's not gonna shoot one of seven from three. Drew Holiday's not gonna shoot six from sixteen from the field. Yeah, Giannis isn't gonna get into foul trouble most likely. Although you yeah. never know. I think the Bulls did a very good job after the first quarter in containing Giannis. Um, yeah, I actually I think they had a decent game plan for him. Uh, Alex Crusoe was the goat in the fourth quarter in getting him into foul trouble. I personally feel like he should have been fouled out uh, for that quite suspect uh, call against Patrick Williams, where the foul went on Patrick Williams. Yeah, uh, that was, was yeah, was that was a bit crazy. Out. I can't lie, that was a little bit. And to be honest, I I agree. I actually thought he was going to get fouled out too. Yeah. But Alex Caruso, now that you mentioned him, that guy clutched up like he was. A main reason as to why you didn't get blown out in that game, and it ended up the score ended up being kind of close. Yeah, that guy was that guy was amazing, man. Mm-hmm. If your team was shooting in that fourth quarter, he everyone would have been saying he's the guy, and everyone already does say he's the guy, but they would have exclaimed it. <laughs> and if he can bring some more of that in this series, it's gonna be a lot tighter than people expect. Yeah, I think a lot of people are still thinking that it's books and father, which. You know, you never know. It might still happen. I personally think it still will, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> you know, just just because Milwaukee will be ruthless in these next three games, mm-hmm. maybe the Chicago crowd can pull through uh, game three, game four. But yeah, I don't think much is going to happen. Yeah. Suns Pelicans. I said it'd be a sweep. Then Scott Foster officiated one of the games, and now yeah, it's not yeah. going to be a sweep anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was tough, man. That second, I mean, that second game had a lot of highlights in it. My favorite was the one that I sent you when uh, yeah. Josie, Josie Alvarado. Have you seen like he's the quite he's quite well Alvarado. known from he's quite mm. well known from going around behind and trying to nick someone. Chris Paul saw that was like no, no. He literally said get get up, get, <laughs> get up. out of it. <laughs> and to be honest, I think everyone's clocked him now. But yeah. <laughs> there might be a point in the game where you, like because if I'm playing point or whatever and I'm just passing the ball away you, you it, it'd be tough to think for the whole like 50 minutes or whatever or there's just going to be this guy on me like you're not going to remember surely at one point he's going to get caught mm-hmm. 
but everyone everyone's clocked him now everyone knows which is kind of uh, a shame because when like no one used to realize the guy used to pull off the modest deals and his peak but yeah. i mean no one even expected the pelicans to get one off no to, and to they actually played really well that set that uh game too um all brandon ingram. yeah brandon yes. ingram almost got himself triple double so did cj mccollum um <clears throat> could you potentially say that if devon booker had stayed in past half time that potentially it we'd be looking at a 2-0 devon booker ended up dropping a 30 piece but only played half the game pretty much yeah 100 100% it would have been 2-0 i think that was a big that was a big um loss for them and the reason that they lost the game cuz even the scoreline wasn't that much like big in the end as well no and that was them yeah, playing without devin booker for half the game, second half, which is the important, like clutch part of the game as well. So I feel like if if he was there, that 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 wouldn't have happened. But they capitalized, mm-hmm. you know, they saw the opportunity. Got there, yeah, exactly. And that was in the middle of the game too. It's not like they had a couple of days to think. Oh well, they're without Booker, so we can work around it. They mm-hmm. saw the opportunity and they picked it up. And you gotta say that's that's what makes a good team a good team. And you know, you can't fault them for that. Okay, you can say. The Devin Booker injury helped them, but mm-hmm. they still managed to like realize that and pick it up. And you gotta give credit where it's due. They even the series, which no one thought they would do. Yeah, definitely, that's true. I mean, Phoenix pretty much had no uh, worries last year. Maybe this year they're mm-hmm. gonna have a little bit of one. Do we think that Chris Paul is gonna win a playoff game in a game where Scott Foster officiates? He's now zero fourteen. It's mad. That stat is crazy. Like, surely the guy must not like him. He must be like a Clippers fan or something. Like, <laughs> he misses the Lob City days, and he's just mad. Because I, I, I don't know. That just seems a bit crazy to me. Like, it's you know, weird. if it was like yeah, all for five, all for six, you think okay, that's mad. All for fourteen is just crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, like surely this this can't be coincidence. Now he must like have like a he must bet against. Oh, he has to. He has to. He has to. Scott Foster, you're a fraud. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, get that guy out of the NBA right now. (laughs) Because Phoenix aren't going to win a chip if you're officiating games. If if Chris Paul doesn't get get through this round, or if he doesn't get to the finals, that guy, I'm coming for him. I am coming for him. Yeah, because obviously he officiated game six in the uh, the finals last year and that was you know that was the win or go home for uh, phoenix and you're just thinking yeah no it's done it's done for him it's mad it's mad but i'm that's crazy i mean imagine it's like game seven of the finals and it, and then he's officiating them what like i just i just wouldn't play chris paul until like the third quarter just <laughs> out, out of just fear but that's that's mad though i think that's that is a bit too too much of a coincidence to to say, but yeah, that's mad. Zion hasn't played yet. He hasn't. Do we think he will? I mean, the series is tied now, so I feel like he might see that and think, "Well, can we take the lead?" Because I don't know, that guy's dangerous, man. I know we've not seen him in like two years almost, but the guy's scary. And I mean, if he was in that game when Devin Booker got injured out. Then I think the scoreline would have been crazy, and I think one there are certain teams where one player can make a big difference, and I think Zion is just too dangerous of a player that he wouldn't make a difference. I'm not saying he'd like you know pull out the shock of the whole decade and did kick Suns out of round one, but I mean if New Orleans won't have a chance, they gotta bring the guy back sooner rather than you know next season. <laughs> Um, right, yeah. And then moving on. Golden State Denver, you booked a sweep and it seems like it might actually be happening. It's, it's looking like Steph, it's on. Steph Curry off the bench. Is this like Steve Kerr? Is, is this like a coaching masterclass from Steve Kerr? Like, I know Steph Curry's been, he has been injured, you know, yeah. obviously bring him, bring, him, bring him back with reduced minutes, I guess. But, but he played half an hour in game two. That's That's like starting time. He dropped thirty piece. Yeah, it was crazy. And Jordan Poole is he a certified splash splash brother now? 
I I I'm gonna go on a limb and say if they sweep and Jordan Poole's in the middle of it, which is looking like you gotta call him, you gotta be the slush trio now. That's what it is. <laughs> the splash trio. That's what it is. Because the guy's crazy. The guy is, and he's been like this as well. Yeah, whenever it's Steph even... Curry's been out, I think he's, he's averaged close. Up. He's averaged close to thirty. Whenever Steph Curry it doesn't play, <laughs> obviously Steph is playing now. Uh, mm. But obviously, reduced minutes. I mean, it, it's it's crazy seeing Steph off the bench. If I'm honest with you, it is very weird. It's very weird. Like, but like, imagine you know imagine he... you're a reserve guard for. Uh, Denver usually like you know when you're a reserve guard you're like you know you're gonna be playing some people that are kind of my level you look across the court from you and Steph Curry's just staring back at you and it's like I'm not in for a good day why why did I do this (laughs) and I I think eventually so then I think maybe they'll Denver will switch it around and they might do the opposite (laughs) but then they look and they start their five deadest players and then they've got the big three on Nikola Jokic (laughs) off the bench next game imagine imagine but then they look at the starting five of the Warriors and it's Steph, Clay, Draymond. And it's like, okay, what have we done? <laughs> like, but I think the sweep is definitely going to happen because the next two games are in San Francisco as well. No, they're in Denver. Are they? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Did I say that? The Warriors finished third, bro. The next two games are in Denver. Oh, my days. I thought... The ne- oh, damn. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought... I thought it was the way around. And that, well, that's that's crazy. I didn't know that. But, I mean, you, you both games ended in a blow, blowout anyway. I genuinely still don't see Denver picking up a win. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> because I would get some nice points if it ends in the sweep <laughs> for the Warriors. But, I mean, home crowd always does make a difference. But I don't think it can make that much of a difference. I think the Warriors are just too strong for Denver Nuggets, man. Like, I've been saying this for a while. Like, Denver are a good team. That's because they've got one of the best players in the league and then some decent players around him. I don't think they're strong enough to go and do a madness in the playoffs. I've never... I just don't think... Until they get some some strength around them, they're not going to be that team to do it in the playoffs. They can do it in the regular season, but not in the playoffs when it counts in the big against the big teams, man. Fair. Fair. Utah... Uh, Dallas, in my opinion, has been probably the most boring. Yeah, nothing's really happened. Luca isn't playing. Rudy Gobert doesn't get past the ball. Like, I bet I, he's just kind of he's just kind of stood there. He's like, this is how Dennis Rodman used to feel back in the day. But at least Dennis Rodman was a dead shooter. He never used a, to pass to him. It was a dead attacker, so like he was kind of okay with that. Rudy Gobert. Ended up shooting once in game one and missed it. All of his points came from the free throw line. That is mine. Like, he gets past... I saw a stat. I think I showed you it. He gets past the ball by Donovan Mitchell average on average 2.3 times a game. Donovan Mitchell averages three turnovers a game, which means literally Donovan Mitchell is passing the ball to the other team more than he passes the ball to Rudy Gobert. They must Again. have some beef. Surely there's some beef. It, ever since the COVID situation, man. Ever since he gave when everyone is... COVID, um, he's he's been he's been out there. That video will always be one of my favorite NBA videos. <laughs> I ain't scared of no COVID. <laughs> <laughs> next day protocols. <laughs> Literally the next day. This that guy. This, what what is up with this guy imitating all of these centers, man? He's he's gonna he's gonna. Be acting like Dikembe Mutombo next week. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> does Rudy leave at the end of the season? I mean, you'd like, you'd want that. I know you'd want that. Like, I know you want him. On the door. Yeah, okay. yeah, I know you want him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. if we're looking at it in the sense of he's a good center and he should be in a team that's playing. Good playoff basketball, not one rounder and then they're out. Yeah. I mean, so that's what he's been I mean, doing. let's be honest. As much as he didn't win it this year, he is the defensive player of the year every year. I feel like he's got to that LeBron James MVP kind of. Kind yes, of, yeah, one hundred percent. It's like it's kind of boring giving him the award every single year. He is the best yeah. defensive player in the NBA, um, at least agree. in the center position. Hundred percent. 
you know, he's an asset. He's an asset no matter where where you go. He's just isn't an exciting player. He just does his job. He is Dennis yeah. Rodman. Yeah, but that's you know. Sometimes you need. You not need, every you need player in the NBA yeah. can be exciting. Yeah. Not every NBA player is gonna give out a you know highlight reel, flashy highlight reel, and get player of the game and stuff like that. It's not. There's not. Not everyone can be like that. Mm-hmm. You know that's spot is reserved for you know certain people. The Steph Curry's, LeBron's, Devin Booker's, all of them, like Lamelo, all these flashy guys. Not everyone has has to be like that. Some people come and they do a job the best way they can and Rudy Gobert is like if you're talking that category he's right at the top in mm-hmm. terms of he does his job and he smashes it and yeah. there's not many centers in the league that are on his level there's maybe you can name two three guys yeah definitely and that's that's big because you'll be looking he'll, he'll be looking he'll be thinking yo I'm better than these lot I'm, yeah. I don't need to be here and teams will teams will know that these teams know when players want to go and then, you know, their teams will look at their their centers and they'll see, yo, we've got this Vucevic who can't even hit open threes. <laughs> why don't we why don't we move to Rudy? <laughs> and it could happen for you look. Speaking of uh, the off season though, Jalen Brunson wants his bag. Guy mm-hmm. is a free yeah. agent in the summer. He dropped forty one points, eight rebounds, five assists in the game to win. He wants okay. it. He wants his bag in the summer. He's he's trying to show out. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to get that. We're trying to get that Russell team. Westbrook trade. That's what he's trying to get. <laughs> he knows. He knows there's a spot open at LA next year, and he's he's gunning for that spot. I don't think he'd want to go. Life, I, I mean, for the, the bread, you know, LA are paying bugs. Yeah, Russell Westbrook. I think I sent it to you. Yeah, he's like it's the third players. most paid guy in the NBA. Well, look, they just finished paying off Luol Deng's contract, and he hasn't played for him since like 2018. So, <laughs> like, they're very good at giving Paul money away. Yeah, so if, if you're gonna want that LA move, because you know that's it, you're set, you're come. So, do we think Luca comes back for Game Three? Puts a bit of life into this series. I hope so, man. I'm bo- I-, I watched that game one and it was boring. It was boring. Because that was the first game. The first game of the playoffs, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this? What the playoffs are going to be? Thankfully, you got saved by some nice games. Yeah. But I was I was mad. Like, I was like, this is not it, man. And thankfully, you got saved. But damn, that was not it. And to be honest, a Dallas without Luka and a Jazz side are going to put out the most boring playoff series. Like, they just are until Luca comes back. Because then Luca's just going to, you know, light up and yeah. probably blow Jazz out of the water. Yeah, you hope so. Don't like yeah. the Jazz. Get them out. I mean, who, who likes them? Who's a fan of the Jazz? Like, no one. <laughs> well, did, well, did, did the bronze um, when, you, when you're playing on 2K, the last team you pick to play is... The Utah the Jazz. Jazz. Is that what you said? Yeah, so I never that. saw that. Like in the uh, like a couple of, a couple of years ago in the uh, when he was picking All Star uh, teammates and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were the last two. Uh, <laughs> That's peak. That's peak. Cause they're actually good players, man. Just... <laughs> now, that is true. What, like no one's. Do they even have fans? I don't think they got fans. It's like, like that. It's like that. Joachim uh, Noah uh, press conference in 2013 when he talks about Cleveland. He's like. Who wants to go to Cleveland? You don't. You don't say I'm off on holiday to Cleveland. Like, <laughs> like nobody wants to play for Utah. Nobody likes Utah. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, no one. And that's why I feel like next year they'll probably lose their two big guys in Donovan and and Rudy. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, Minnesota, Memphis. Very interesting first game, which saw Minnesota take it, and then the second game. Memphis blew him out. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. it's might as well to be honest because Minnesota looked good in that first game. Yeah, they didn't look like they were missing anything. But I remember saying to you um, after mm. the game, you because we we both watched it and you were saying yeah. this this could be Minnesota upsetting them, and I was like, I don't think Anthony Edwards is gonna have as good of a game as he as he did game one. He, as he lit did, it up yeah. game one, and I mean, I think. The Memphis, Memphis, um, Memphis had a bad game in game one. Minnesota had a good game, like a very yeah. good game. And yeah. then obviously the second game just wasn't 
wasn't as good, you know. Anthony Edwards 100%. only hit 20 points. Cat only went for 15. D'Angelo, mm. D'Angelo Russell is having an absolutely awful series so far. Oh my days. Game one for him was peak. Game two with game two for him wasn't much better. He only shot three of three of eleven from the field. Damn. And Memphis only played Steven Adams for three minutes in the second game. Yeah, but, that was really weird. I don't know what that was about. It, it does seem like well, it was obviously a tactical change and it ended up working Completely for him. Working. Yeah. Ja only put in, I'm sure, like twenty minutes or something as well. Well, when you're winning by thirty, it's you know it's easy to to rest Just your rest players, your big guy, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, again, the landscape has just switched just like that on that game. Yeah, two games at target. Minnesota win both of those. Three one up. Yeah, you know, just win both your own games. Three one up, you have home court advantage. Memphis really do need to go out there and get at least one of the next two, don't they? They definitely do. Especially because I saw a Jai interview and he said, you know, we're trying to let everyone know that we're here. We're not playing games and everything. And mm-hmm. that's all well and good. But, you know, they need to, now they need to show up. You know, they they leveled. Like, just how in the first game they weren't on it and Minnesota were. The, the role switched. Minnesota weren't really on it game two. Yeah. And Memphis just were. Yeah. So now both teams are going to be coming. Yeah, Memphis. If they want to prove something, they got to prove when both teams are good, they're gonna be the better team. Yeah, and we'll. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. I'm excited. That series is on paper doesn't look that exciting, but it's actually I, th- I think it's gonna be one of the more interesting no, yeah. ones. Yeah, it's got a decent decent tactical battle there. Taylor Jenkins, the Memphis Grizzlies coach, um, came through, did that big tactical adjustment, took Stephen Adams out for pretty much the whole game. It ended up working. And you could say that's why he was nominated for uh, for Coach of the Year, which hundred percent segues us right on nice. from the playoffs. Nice. Yeah, that, that was good as that one. I, I like that. I kind of like <laughs> uh, to the twenty twenty one twenty two NBA awards finalists. Um, sent solely the awards finalists, all six, well, all eighteen of the awards finalists for three for the six categories. Uh, said we should predict them the day after the Defensive Player of the Year was announced. Um. <laughs> so Marcus Smart won NBA Defensive Player of the Year for the year. Deserved. It's a weird one. I can't lie because the thing is, so this is a conversation I've seen online, on Twitter and everything. So Marcus Smart, you know, he's a, he's a great defensive player. I will not doubt that. I won't. But it wasn't until like a month max a month and a half ago that he got noticed as oh wait this guy is actually one of the best defensive players in the league right now so my thought process is if it only the last six weeks of the league you got noticed or last five weeks of the league you got noticed as a strong defensive player that's not depend defensive player of the year I defensive per- player the last five weeks. Like. I personally feel like he has been a very solid defensive player throughout the whole of his yeah. career. You know, he might have only just been noticed a bit there, mm. but I feel like it is a long time coming for him. And it's also a long time coming for the guard position. He's the first yeah, that's a he's the first guard one. to win defensive player of the year since nineteen ninety six. When Gary Pay- when Gary Payton won it. Gary Payton Payton won it. I don't know why mm. that took a while to get out. But I personally feel like it's been a long time coming for him. I feel like he probably has, throughout the whole of his career, deserved a defensive player of the year. It's been a long time coming for the non-centre position. I just think they've given it to the wrong non-centre who was shortlisted. I personally feel like Mikel Bridges... I, and I completely I, agree as well. I feel like That's Mikel Bridges probably, probably should have got it. You know, a lot of... A lot of... People who came out and talked about who they were voting for Defensive Player of the Year said Mikael Bridges, which is mm. quite... So, it is, it is quite interesting to see that Marcus Smart did win it despite, well, before it got announced, pretty much all fingers kind of pointed to mm. to Bridges there. I remember Draymond Green said it. Obviously, I don't think Draymond Green gets a vote. He, players probably do get votes, but probably not I'm, as much as the rest. Doris Burke I'm came sure, out and said that she... I'm sure players and coaches... They vote. I don't. I don't think their votes are like they'll be stronger and more. Like so, obviously, I know we can vote. Like, but I think the players and the coaches, their votes are just a bit stronger. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, I don't, I don't know how it fully works with them. Yeah. I know coaches, their votes are yeah. strong. But I completely agree. I think Mikel Bridges was robbed of that award. Not that Marcus Smart, like we said, he's not a, he is a strong yeah, he, defensive player. He's the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the NBA. Which, yeah. I mean, if you look at it from that point of view, it's kind of a no-brainer that Brenner that he won. But yeah. that's never that's never usually the case for any award that gets handed exactly, out. Exactly, exactly that. <laughs> and I think Mikhail Bridges, like, obviously we talk about the Suns and we say D-Book is the scorer and CP is, like, you know, the heart and ma- makes everything flow. But without... Mikhail Bridges at the back doing what he's doing, they're not finishing with you know the best record in the NBA potentially. Yeah. Because defense is the most, in my opinion, the most important part of the game. You can points, have points win you games, defense wins you championships. Exactly, exactly that. Like like we saw in the Bulls Chicago game one, nobody was shooting well, but defense was strong. Mm-hmm. And if you take one side's defense away, so let's say you took the Bulls' defense away, they're getting smacked up even though the books aren't shooting very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that for that reason, them getting the best record in the NBA this season is a big credit to him. Mm-hmm. And I do feel for him. Okay, But I, I don't think these players really deep it that much. Not anymore. No, like I think Marcus Smart will definitely take this on as something... Good, you know, like I said, his first oh, yeah. chance to win it in almost thirty years. So 100%. you know, it's, that's big for him, I guess. But yeah, I feel like, mm-hmm. especially someone like Rudy Gobert, who has won it like God knows how many times. You know, that's like his, his, his award. Yeah, I don't think he's. It'll be too mad that he didn't win it this year. But anyway, the defensive player of the year was announced. The rest of them weren't. Um, I'm hoping that none get announced um, on the twentieth. On that, I imagine just like right now they announced MVP or something. <laughs> but anyway, what we're gonna do instead of predicting games, like I said, we were gonna do in the uh, the episode last time, we're just gonna predict who we think is gonna win the awards that haven't been announced yet out of the three. And I think we should um, probably work our way up, maybe. So I think we should probably start with Coach of the Year. Yeah. And yeah. I personally think that. I've, and I'm, I'm definitely butchering his name. I'm not a Celtics fan, so I've never really had to say his name before. But I think Aime Udoka definitely has been snubbed of at least a finalist podium here, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, because this of is, this is the his, comeback. This is his first season in the NBA. And yes, this didn't start well, but he's properly come back. He's taken a side who were kind of just treading water in the middle of the conference. And made and he's made them a well a, num- a number two seed in the uh, in the East. Had that big run after the All Star break, you know. Once his tactics finally clicked, his team has been popping off. 100%. And if I'm honest with you, I don't know what he he hasn't done that Eric Spolstra has. If I'm honest with you, I completely this agree. Is, this is no disrespect to Eric, Eric Spolstra. Eric, if you're watching, you're a great coach, and you have been for ever. But you have guided teams to the first seed with a better record before. And it's not like Miami were bad last year. They were very underwhelming. Like they had a they had a decent team and they ultimately flopped it. But yeah. I feel like they were kind of expected to be near the top this year. You know, like I predicted Miami third. I predicted yeah, that Boston. Season, yeah. I predicted Boston seventh still. So Yeah. I feel like I I feel like has done a better job this season than Spolstra has but you know I'm, I'm not a proper NBA and analyst so what do what do I know so <laughs> 100% I mean I completely agree I think the job he did as the Celtics coach coming in first year I mean it's it's a tough job to enter the NBA as a coach I mean like a lot of people say a coach is the worst job you could take on it's like a lose-lose job and I mean, it started off peak. We all know that. But that run, like you mentioned, that he had, is that was unreal. That is really crazy. And like you mentioned, I don't think what he did is very much different to what Eric's done for Miami. But, I mean, they must have some 
some way of deciding these things that we don't know about. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited now to see what he's gonna do in the second season. No, yeah, because now now we can't really use that whole oh he's just tired in the NBA because now he's had a whole season mm-hmm. and he's had a good season, mm-hmm. and I think the next season is where he defines himself as a coach. First year, you could let him off. Even if Boston had a bit of a dry year, you could let it off for the fact that they've got a new coach. Now the guy's warmed up and he's ready and he'll have a hot team. I'll, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do next year. But unlucky with the yeah. coach of the year thing. I feel, like that's, I feel like that's the only one out of the three I can really have any bother with. Taylor Jenkins, the Memphis coach. Memphis have had a great season. Monty yeah. Williams, the Phoenix coach, has had a better season than they did last year. And yeah. I, I mean, I personally think that he could have won Coach of the Year last year. He didn't, but this year I feel he definitely has to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Considering the fact that a lot of people thought Suns missed their chance, including myself, um, they missed their chance. They missed their shot. Yeah. They ain't gonna be able to do it again, and they just flipped the script on everyone. Yeah. Best record in the NBA. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. unreal. Like. A lot of times, people just do snub coaches in general. Like you have to understand, these players are pulling out plays that their coach is telling them to do. Like, and you're not getting the best record in the NBA without having the best coach in the NBA. Yeah, uh, is of the right. season, yeah. definitely. So yeah, I'm so going. I'm going with Monty Williams for coach. I'll have to agree with you on that one. I know we like to switch up, but I'm gonna have to agree. Fair. I mean, I, I personally think a lot of these are quite self-explanatory, so I don't think we're going to differ on a lot of things. Sixth man of the year is very, very obvious in there. Yeah, I mean, it's I do one like, that we've I, been saying. Yeah, we, well. we have been saying it from the start of the year. I do like Kevin Love, and I think it would be great if he won it somehow, but he has been one of them good vets off the bench. For, uh, he's actually been, for yeah, he's been quite solid, to be fair. To say he's an old guy now as well. I mean, I don't think you can get six man of the year to a guy who got absolutely posterized like by LeBron so hard though, just because that was the highlight of the whole season for me. And then like that's your sixth man, he's getting posted. I right, cool. <laughs> but Tyler yeah. Hero, I mean, it has to be Tyler, like, on it. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying literally all year. He the has kind of he has kind of cooled down a little bit as the season's gone on, but mm. he's still been off, doing the business. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, when you're averaging just I was thinking mid twenties off the bench it's it's crazy mm-hmm. it's really crazy i mean respect to him as well because he could have and i don't think they do this like double nominations but if they really want to he could have gone for most improved as well it could have yeah i feel like that would have made sense too like if they they do those type of things because compared to last year last year he was dry man i'm not gonna <laughs> lie he was dry so him becoming the sixth man and a great sixth man. It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most improved player next, and I feel like you have a bone to pick with the with Adam Silver about this one. I'm mad. You know, I'm mad about this one. And <laughs> I mean, Jordan Poole. I know I'm not the only person mad about this as well. What? I mean, who can even say with their chest that they had a good understanding of Jordan Poole last year? Nobody. No. no. And the fact that he's come out. And has picked up... I mean, he's been the Steph when Steph's not playing. Mm-hmm. Which is a big, big, you know, pair of shoes to fill. Because mm-hmm. those shoes come with a lot of buckets. <laughs> and he's been been crazy. I'm, yeah. I mean, look, John Morant, like I mentioned, I mentioned this to you. I don't know why he's there. Don't get me wrong. The guy's been amazing this year. But he was good last year too, like... It, like, isn't, it like... isn't just a case of he was good last year too. I'm just looking at his stats now. He's averaging eight more points last this season than he did last year. His assisting thing has gone down, but he's averaging almost two more rebounds too. I mean, obviously, you can't just look at stats, but yeah. his team has also finished second when nobody ever thought that they would. Mm. And when you're the best player on that team, you kind of have to potentially look at that. I still do think I guess. That, I'd still do think that most improved player does go to a person who was kind of unknown a little bit and has had a big season. So yeah. in that, in what you're saying there, I do kind of agree with you a little bit. But I do kind of understand why Jazz there. And I do understand why I think he's going to win it, personally. 
I, I mean, think... the NBA, I feel like they're going to make John Morant their next poster boy of the NBA, to be honest. And, like, the, he's going to be the front face of the NBA, I feel. I, I feel. Yeah. Like, because with the way he's playing, like, he is the... And a lot of people have made this comparison. He's the regen of Derrick Rose, but yeah. he carried on. Yeah. Obviously, we all like we all know what happened with D Rose and what he could have been. We don't talk. We don't talk. We, we don't. don't we don't like to talk about that. It hurts us. Yeah. But Jar is, in my opinion, and a lot of people's, what Derrick Rose would have become. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if that happened, he would have been the front face of the NBA. He would have mm-hmm. been that guy. Yeah, and I feel like that's what they're gonna make him. So I feel they will probably give it to him because they'll they'll make him that they'll put him in that light. Like they they will. I also think because Deontay Murray and Darius Garland didn't make the playoffs with their team, I think that might hinder them a little bit. Especially Darius Garland, Maybe. who kind of just had it in there and Cleveland had it, but ultimately. And I mean, I'm I I feel bad for both of those two guys because. Me personally, I actually think out of those three, Dejounte Murray, I I think he's the most improved. I actually like if we're talking most improved player, I think that's him. I've been a big fan of him this year, and I think he's been great. But and I know you like him too, Darius Garland. I also could be the most improved player. And if I mean if they give it to Jar, I just think that. That ain't fair on those two guys because they've actually been great, man. But ultimately, like you said, they finished second. The guys been crazy. They will probably give it to Jar. But those two guys, man, you have to mm-hmm. feel from them. Yeah, definitely. Because they've been outstanding this year as well. Whether they made the playoffs or not, Cleveland, if we want to talk about Cleveland as a whole, most improved from last year. And from the fact that no one thought they were going to be that good. Like... If it wasn't for the playing, they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of mad the way you look at it. Yeah. But. Are you going with Jar, though? Uh, I don't want to. I'm actually going to go for Dejounte because that's why okay. I actually want to win it. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, rookie of the year, the penultimate one. I feel like Cade's had a very good season, but obviously I don't think he's played enough, which is why I think. It is between Scotty and Evan Mobley. Scotty Barnes yeah, and Evan Mobley. And it genuinely could be a coin flip. Like, these two have come in and done their bit on a playoff team. Like, usually mm-hmm. when you look at rookies, rookie of the years, they're usually either a big player on a poor team or yeah. a, like, a role player who's kind of stepped on up a big team, on, a, on yeah. a big team and kind 100%. of done the business. But 100%. I feel like th- this year... This year, it it's too obviously the Cavs didn't make the playoffs, but they were up and around there. They got the they play were, in. Yeah. Uh, they were so close to actually getting in the playoffs. These are two teams who have been who have had big roles on playoff teams. You could potentially say that Scotty Barnes is the second guy for uh, Toronto. I know Fred VanVleet probably thinks that he is, but let's be honest. I mean, I personally think that it's Scotty Barnes after. Uh, See, After think. the season played out, the way it played out, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you and that and say Scotty Barnes has been the guy. Like, and you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about rookies. We weren't too impressed, mm-hmm. like near the beginning. Mm-hmm. But these two, especially Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, have been, been crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I like Evan as well. I like him. Yeah. Scotty Barnes, man. I mean, if it weren't for that injury, they might not be too, too old down in the playoffs. You never know. You mm. never know. Who are you going yeah. for, then? Hmm. I'll let you pick first. Okay. I mean, I I think Scotty's going to win it. Yeah. But if you were thinking Scotty, you know, you changed the jar one, I might just change to Mobley for a bit of their competition. I'll, yeah, to be honest, I did. I actually thought you would have picked Evan Mobley because considering you were quite, um, you know, fond of uh, this Cleveland this, this yeah, year. Yeah, I think they've had a, I think they've had a great year, but mm. yeah, I do. But think. I, I mean, either of them, like you said, yeah, coin flip, it could, could be in it, and I won't be too, I won't be too mad. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then finally, uh, with the MVP, 
Um, I think if Embiid wins it, I'll be a little bit mad. But otherwise, Joker and Giannis are probably two of my favourite players in the NBA. Giannis is cooking my team at the moment in the playoffs, but the dude is just a beast. Like, this guy can't be stopped, and I don't like it. <laughs> he's, he's unreal. I mean, but, and I know you're not a fan, but I just think Joel Embiid has to win the MVP, man. You're going with Embiid, okay. I think he has to win it. I just, I, I don't know what what more that guy can do to show. In terms of, like, being the best player at a team by a country mile and carrying your team for years and years and years. The guy had to play with Ben Simmons, man. <laughs> he should have got an MVP just for that. And then he shipped off Ben Simmons and he got himself James Harden. And, I mean, I just... I know a lot of people don't like him. Me, personally, I think that's obviously due to certain... Like, for example... He always does the business against Chicago and that probably like might sway your feelings on him. But me personally, I, I I don't mind him. I think he's a he's a great sport sometimes. I and I mean I just I just don't want to see another crying and bead video, man. <laughs> That's the main I really don't want to see him man. I don't think he cried so with it, but No 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 but like I feel like if he wins it, that'll motivate him and he might win. Because I just I, I, I don't really want the 76ers to win the chip, but I feel like they have to. I just don't want to see that guy cry again, man. <laughs> Honestly, please. Please don't cry, but Joel. Please, Joel, just don't cry. If you lose, just, just I just hide. Go home and cry. <laughs> no one's going to record you there. Please. <laughs> but saying that, if it wasn't going to be him, it has to be Jonas for the 3 P. So who are you going for? Embiid? Yeah. Okay, but, right. Now, I, if it's not, are you, mm, don't you think it's going to be honest and you, th- kind of? But I want Joel to win, so I'm going to say Joel Embiid. Fair, fair. Well, I, I personally think that Embiid has been the best player in the league this season. I know who who to think that that I'd say that, <laughs> but I'm just going off of who I think the NBA will give it to. Like, I don't think Jamaran should win a most improved player this year. But, but I yeah, think okay. The okay. NBA will give most of the play to Jar. In the same way, I think they're going to make Jokic win it back-to-back. I personally think... And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Jokic is a great player, but I think uh, Embiid has led his team to a better record, a better position in his conference. Mm. Um, he's led the sc- He's got the scoring title. The first center to do it is in Shaq. But... I do think that Jokic is a better all-round player, and okay. I do feel that he's he's gonna he's gonna win it for the for the season. I think Joel Embiid could potentially pick up a Finals MVP. Potentially, Maybe. Um, he has to make it. <laughs> potentially, I think I think Philly. I think Philly could. I think Philly. Well, I mean, I didn't predict them to, but I think throughout the first two games, I think, I, and I've said that Philly after the Harden trade, I think Philly could have be a uh, actual contender didn't think so towards the end of the season but I think now they're back on track so I mm. think he could get a finals MVP but I don't think he'll get the league MVP okay it makes sense I mean I actually if we're going off that although like I'm gonna like in terms of this I'm putting my vote on Embiid I think the NBA would probably give it to Giannis Fair. like okay. I mean the guy's everyone's favorite I'm player. Just, like. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just going off of. I think the votes what? got like, uh, not leaked, but like released a few, of, like a oh, few really? weeks in. And Giannis had like quite a significantly less amount of votes, uh, compared to Embiid and. That's crazy. Uh, Jokic. So I, think I mean, everyone's just sick and tired of him bullying their teams. Like that must be what I've had enough of him. <laughs> I've had enough of him. I don't think I'm gonna like him by the end of this week. <laughs> yeah, by game right. three. By game three, yeah. Game, game four, I'm just going to have lost the will to live. Um, with him. But yeah, I mean, that kind of just wraps up our predictions for this week. It's been an unbelievably long episode. I always say, this is, you know, like... You I, did, I you called it as well. You, like, you, you did guys, it. You guys, obviously, um, you don't know because this doesn't happen uh, whilst we're recording. But I always say to Sully, before we start, I always say to him, 
don't worry, man. I think this is going to be quite a short episode. We don't have much to talk about. And then all of a sudden, we've gone an hour and five. So, look, the, it's, look, the, it's actually there's, there's been so much that's been going on in the playoffs that you kind of can't just half ass it, really, can you? You have to go full in. You have um, to. You I have feel to. like, like I said, I mean, I think six of the eight uh, playoff games, playoff series have kind of done well so far. And the other one involves my team. So, seven out of the eight segments are going to have a lot to talk about, really, aren't they? So, you know, blame me being a Bulls fan. Um, <laughs> looking at your looking at your predictions last week before we before we go, do we uh do we like what you've predicted mostly, or do we? Uh, I like some of them. Some have, of them are a bit, you know. Do we have a few regrets though? Um, regrets. Let's have a look. I think put putting. Toronto through has been a big regret for me so far. And I also think um giving Denver a bit of a chance against Golden State. I think I think my biggest regret is thinking you guys might take two games against Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, fair. My, that's my yeah, biggest saying, regret. I'm, look, I'm looking at yours and yours is looking yours look fine. You even predicted that no one's would take a game against Phoenix. So That's crazy. I'm I'm just you know, I'm sourceful like that. <laughs> This guy, but then the you future. see, this is what I'm saying. This is why I annoy myself so much. Then when I did my NBA bracket the other day, because like it's like if you get bare points and you get it right, you can win like peace. I I did for Phoenix to win, a, do a sweep. So why did I, why did I do this? I don't you understand. Yourself, you, you don't bite yourself too much. Don't worry. I mean, you can't win any peas in this uh, in this prediction. I don't have enough peas to uh, to wager against this. The Beyond the Arc channel only gets sixteen p more, so. <laughs> You can win. You can win this year's revenue if you win the, uh, if you win the predictions. We'll do it, man. I'll get my sixteen pence. <laughs> Buy yourself a house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my dear. Anyway, uh, that will wrap up today's episode of Beyond the Act. This is probably the longest episode that we've done that hasn't been a tailless video. So yeah, because they're always the long ones. Um, but we will see you guys next week potentially. Some um, first round series will have been wrapped up. I'm looking at you, Milwaukee, Chicago. Uh, by uh, the time that we hit next week, and uh, yeah, we will see you guys then. Make sure before we end, if you've got to the end of the video, well done you. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. Make follow sure follow the TikTok. In. Uh, yeah, follow the TikTok. Uh, BTA podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Even though we don't use Twitter. It's all in the description. Just follow us anyway. Yeah, follow us on we'll follow use it anyway. if you follow. <laughs> and uh, we will uh, see you guys next time. Peace.